Good morning, Jill Mott, sommelier and wine, beer, spirits person that I go to when I want something delicious to drink. Good morning, Emily Reese, radio host, (laughs) classical and jazz music and musician extraordinaire that I go to to say, what should I listen to now? I'm sick of listening to X. What should I, what is why? Yeah. Uh, how are you today? I'm great. I'm really excited to talk to this game developer. This is a really, uh, un- I would say, a unique episode of Scores and Pours. There isn't going to be too much music talk, really. You'll hear a lot of music, but we aren't going to talk too much about it. Instead, we're really going to focus on this conversation that uh, you, that Jill and I had with a game developer named Eve Holler from Italy, and he's created he and his team of co-workers at Broken Arms Studio have created a game called 100 Days, and it's a winemaking simulator. So it's a game where you uh, pretend to, to make wine, and it's been a lot of fun. We've had a great time with it. I mean, when you should have seen the first time I played it, I was so frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Just, but it's it's funny not being a gamer. Yeah. A lot of video games are frustrating. You've tried to turn me on to a couple of games, and I'm like, I don't like that. I yeah. don't like that. And this time yeah. I was like, oh, I'm crushing grapes. This is great. <laughs> you loved it when I was playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City all the way up until I pulled someone out of the car and shot them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. I don't. She's I don't not get. Into that. I don't get any of that kind of shit. Like, I don't want. There are enough problems in this world and I death know. that I'm so not. But I don't need to go uh, on that soapbox because yeah, some of you listening to this are going to be like, that's just not even real. But some people don't know reality and blah blah. I, know, I just yeah. You great. were trying to show me that game one time, and I was like, dude, the music's fun. The music's great. Like, just driving around, just like doing your thing, kind of cutting people off here and there, like yeah. Maybe shooting a green light, like you're shooting a red light or something, yeah. get it? And then, but yeah, I just that's not cool. <laughs> Someone cut me off and I got annoyed and pulled them out. <laughs> so not okay. But I love 100 Days because I think it's Ugh. really fun and I'm really excited to talk to uh, Mr. Holler. So let's get him on the line. I grew up in the wines, so uh, and in in a cellar. Uh, for me, it was uh, normal producing wine, uh, and this was my reality for uh, for my entire uh, childhood and and my life. So I went to Alba to study enology in high school. Yes, and I graduated uh, like in 2006. But suddenly, in 2007, my mom died. So everything w- was was changing really fast, and uh, I my father took the um, the strongest hit from uh, from this loss, and um, so I took over the um, the winery. And after two years uh, of managing the winery, uh, my I, I got in uh, in fight with my with my father, and. Uh, uh, at this point, I had only two. Pa- I had two passion in my life. I have two passion in my life. One is wine, and one is video games. So um, I ran away from home and um, and start doing video games on a couch by my friend's house. Mm. And in the meanwhile, I um, I was going in the university uh, computer science. So from analogy, I was shifting to computer science uh, just out of curiosity and. Uh, and where I meet my business partner and partner in crime, uh, Elisa Farinetti, that's uh, uh, with me running Broken Arm Games. So yeah, then uh, we started making games. And uh, three years ago, 
two years ago, we were uh, taking a beer with uh, someone <laughs> in the industry. Do you, do you feel like, Eve, Eve, that's how the best ideas happen over a beer? Would you agree? <sighs> uh, for <laughs> sure, I agree that not, um, uh, there was never a great story that started with I ate a salad. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes that, that is. <laughs> <laughs> So, and there was a, um, a really big player in the um, video game industry, and they taught us, with your background, and, um, and the studio is currently in the countryside in Piemonte. We are literally in, in, in a Roman village uh, surrounded by, um, by vines and winers. <laughs> so it was like, with your background, why you guys don't do a winemaking simulator? And our expertise at the moment were uh, free-to-play games, so mobile free-to-play games. Mm -hmm. So we had we, we start thinking about, and we had two options. One was doing a free-to-play mobile game like uh, Heyday or or Farmville or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the other one was more something intimate and more true to life for pc first and then mobile later so we went with the second one this is how we arrived to the idea to produce a game like that well we we just we love that we've been playing it on and off for a, a short while you know emily understands sim games very well and i <sighs> don't right so i'm like okay. i'm like well why can't i just do this and she's like because that's not how a sim game works you have to unlock the, the keys first so it's been oh, yes. it's been really nice to do that you know with someone who's a gamer the last game i know how to play or knew how to play was like super mario brothers right so like yes. i'm just not in this world at all and it's really fun <laughs> to come from a you know sommelier winemaking background but have no idea how to play video games and then to come and play this has really been, uh, it's really been a treat. It's, it's kind of hard to learn for me, but I've been having, having a lot of fun with it. We, are, um, uh, we know that and we are working to take away the more friction we can between the game and the player. So we are still improving and, uh, and working on the game. Better tutorials and more explanation on, uh, on the game side. Eve, what were some of the um, most difficult aspects to basically ideal? Because analogy, there's just so many twists and turns that it can take, and people can mm -hmm. do things like they can make wine according to a recipe. You know, add this yeast, mm -hmm. make it this way. But there's also a lot of things that can happen. So volatile acidity can happen. You know, all these. Yeah. So, what was the most difficult part to execute? to make it mm -hmm. comprehensible for someone that doesn't know wine, but yet you still wanted to include it because it's a true part of the story? This is a really good question because there were two really difficult things uh, that happened during the development. One was I discovered that it's really hard if you know, not say a lot, but if you know from a subject, uh, pretty, pretty substantial to teach someone. Because you, you, uh, you. For you, it's uh, some some things are are granted, and uh, and you think, yeah, it, everyone knows that. 
mm-hmm. and you give this form of grant and then maybe some some little stuff player comes up that have no knowledge in wine and ask why should i press 10% and not 100% every time mm-hmm. so it's like the, the little details that were difficult to see that they must be explained yeah well, i don't we- I don't know if that makes sense. Sorry. No, for... <laughs> it, no, it very much so does. And we realized, so when, when just like a few things that I noticed when we were playing, I noticed that it would say like uh, that when you go onto your vineyard, you know, we have Brico. Mm-hmm. And so you go onto the vineyard and it says, you know, the, per- the pH and the, the different percentages of soil type. And I wondered, and I asked Emily, I was like, I know these things, but who cares about this if you like to drink wine? but you know nothing about vineyards, you know, you just like, whatever. And she's like, people love that element of like, just, what did you say? All the statistics and the detail. Mm -hmm. If they're playing a sim game, they like to get into that detail. And so that was really interesting to find out that people that may not be a viticulturist can actually still really get into that information. And then, you know, we take it a step further. So I'm going, uh, like one thing that I thought was really fun was when you're able to choose your punch, like your punch down or your remontage, mm-hmm. or do you not want any? And I was like, well, can't I combine these things? And she's like, you can't do that. And I was like, well, what if we like, <laughs> you know, quick press on both of them? Does that like, she's like, no, no, no. So do you find that, do you find that it was hard to, because I, I come from a, a very conventional wine background, um, but mm-hmm. in the last... I don't know, say 10 to 15 years, I've been very much into natural wine. And so Mm -hmm. I've found it really fun and exciting and frustrating to like have to choose one thing, you know? (laughs) Did you find that that was, you have to obviously make it playable, but was that difficult for you to say, okay, listen, we have to have these four options and not have 15 options. You had to limit it at some point, right? Yes, this is like exactly, it went like that. At a certain point in our development, we made a really hardcore simulator. So uh, beneath the cute graphics, you see there is um, a chemistry and physics simulator running. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, it was so hardcore that we had to make some choices and some step back to make it playable and fun again mm-hmm. because it yeah. was too much it was too really too oh. much <laughs> my eyes look like i'm in a candy store actually but yeah keep going <laughs> but the fact is we have so much more that we would like to talk about and mm-hmm. i would like to include the the filters the possibility to filter uh the so2 cycle all this stuff and we decided to cut it out for the beginning because we realized that uh, the second fermentation for the 90% of the people out there where just no wine is made from grapes is what the heck do you have two types of fermentation in the game? Yeah. So we said, okay, let's start it slow and we see where the direction is going. Yeah, that's fun. It's fun to know that it's a work in progress, you know, because I don't know, as you know, wine is something we just never... With each passing day that I'm in wine, I realize I know less um, than I knew the day before, which keeps me interested, right? So I imagine um, with the game, it's probably daunting, but also a a very fun aspect that you know that there could be a version 3 and a version 4, or instead of 100 days, it's going to be 400 days, because let's be honest, (laughs) Um, there, there aren't enough days in the year to be growing and making wine. Every Friday, we are putting out an update. 
Okay. But we, of course, we have some bug to fix. Okay. But this is, and adding new content, like today, uh, an hour ago, we updated the game and we put the Grignolino inside. We love that because we are drinking a Grignolino today. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> do you want to know? Do you want to know what we're drinking? Who are you drinking? So we are drinking uh, a wine from the village of Karu. It is, so as you know that for our listeners though, um, so we're southwest of Alba and we're southwest of Barolo. Mm -hmm. So this is a Grignolino from a producer called Podere Chalario. And they're doing, they do work with Dolcetto and they have, you know, some some known grapes, but something that is a favorite of a lot of people in the natural wine community is this Grignolino that's called Grinosa. Mm -hmm. And it's made in a a pet nat style, so it's got a, a, a slight, some people say a second fermentation, but I think it's a continuous fermentation. fermentation. So, yep, so they, for those of you listening, uh, this wine is fermented until it has about nine to 12 grams of residual sugar, so there's still some food for those yeasts to feed on. They bottle it, they put a crown cap, like a beer cap on the top, and then those yeasts keep working, and of course they give off alcohol, thank you wine, but they also give off some, some CO2, so we have yeah. some bubbles. What do you think about this Grinosa? This wine is should be illegal. It's so delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's got this really light rose color, almost like a dark pink or like a light red yeah. rose color. It's just mildly effervescent. Mm -hmm. mm. It's a delicious. Bubble. It's nice. What do you think about the palate? It's fruity and refreshing. Dry. Dry, very. Grignolino is known for being a leaner grape varietal. It doesn't have a ton of color, and it's known for being like a lot of red, a lot of bright fruits. And when I say bright, I should say that's a little bit of a synonymous with kind of high acid too. So it's it. You smell it, and you can tell it's going to be high toned. You don't think it's going to be like this deep. Yeah. Even though you look at the color, and you might think so. Yeah. And Grignolino is like a. I don't want to say an outcast, but we go to. Dalange or Piemonte, and as we're speaking with Eve, and you know he knows well, Dolcetto, Barbera, Nebbiolo. Those are like the trifecta, if you will. And <laughs> Grignolino just out there, the little the jester on the, the the hill over there. And it's I think it has every bit as much to say. It's just different. Yeah, it's just a beautiful little wine. I mean, I don't even mean to call it a little wine. It's a liter bottle for one thing, but it's absolutely delicious. And this is different. Last vintage, I want to say one vintage that I've had of this previously was less alcohol. This is twelve percent, so we're like we're in the medium bodied camp. Um, but it does. It drinks like we have this on. We definitely have this on the chill. If you open this at cellar temperature, it might blow up <laughs> per a lot of their wines because they don't sulfur anything too heavily and a very alive, perfect wine for this, this warm time of year. And that's what we're drinking today, which is... Uh, Really fun to be tasting wine from your area with you on the phone playing your video <laughs> game, let me tell you. Especially the grape that you literally just put in the game today. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us why you added Grignolino. Do you like it? Do you, uh, do you find it's a grape that 
you know, do you prefer a different grape? Like, why did you add Grignolino? Because I wonder how many people playing the game even know what that is. This is exactly why we put it inside. So the thing is, we are working on um, also on um, different expansion. Of course, uh, the first two is Napa Valley and, um, and Bordeaux. And with that, we, we will include the, the grapes from this region, the terroir from this region, and, and, and some new winemaking techniques. Mm-hmm. And um, we put the Grignolino inside because it was one of the most curious grapes we have in the region here. Mm-hmm. So we thought that it makes not so much sense put like Pinot Noir or something like really, how can I say, international grape. Yeah, because we will include that uh, in Bordeaux or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, there we, we discovered while we were doing some research to uh, which Grignolino we put inside that actually there is um an uh, in the Napa Valley there is a cellar that is producing Grignolino in California. So mm-hmm. it was like a little Easter egg for hinting what's coming next. Ah, I like that. So is this, um, can you tell me who the seller is? Because it's not Unti, is it? Uh, no, it's Hates, uh, Hates Wine Cellar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hates has some great stuff. Well, just a, a little more information on this wine for those of you who are wondering about Chaladio. So this, you have a uh, winemaking and viticultural little team, Fausto, and am I saying it right? Is it Cinzia? Is that how I would Cinzia, say? Yeah, yeah. Cinzia. So Fausto and Cinzia are married and they own about 30, they don't own, they farm and rent about 30 hectares of land. It's all organic. And they ferment all of their wines with native yeasts. And then they're doing um, no fining or no filtering on any of their wines and just a very low um, addition of sulfuring at bottling if need be. Now, what I love about these producers is pardon my French uh, for the listeners, but you know they really just don't give a shit. Like they're just doing, th- they're making really fun wine, delicious wine, serious wine. They also are working with varietals that are quite rare. They work with a wine called Du de Henry, which is a wine that is outlawed by the DOC in the Lange and the Piemonte area, and so they have to blend it with Dolcetto. So yeah. that it, it's not so noticeable, right? Because people would taste <laughs> that and be like, what is this? And that wine is called El Vino Chenoncha. But they just make really delicious wines here that are, you know, they, they taste like Pimonte, but they taste like a new Pimonte. You know, like I love Barolo. I love, yeah, of course, I love but... some Cortese. I love some Gavi. It's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite wines. Um, and so it's just a new, it's a, a, a new window, which is fun to taste. So what is it called Il Barusco? That one you are trying right now. This is called La Grinoza. I'm checking the, um, the labels right now. So <laughs> yes, yeah, nice. yeah, this one. And he has a little video of him online uh, tasting it on YouTube or something. And he like puts it in this small little glass, you know, not a wine glass, and chugs it in the vineyard. And then he like, it's so hot. And he like pours himself more. And he's like trying to do a tasting, but he's like just too thirsty. It's pretty funny. Fausto seems like a character. I've never met him, but he seems like a cool guy. When you're not drinking Piemonte wines, do you have a, a region that you're really uh, excited to learn more about that you, you know, you've started drinking recently? Recently, I started to drink less. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we had like um, in the last months of the development where uh, the entire team, because we are a small team, we are like six uh, people that work together. And usually even before the the pandemic, we we, we worked uh, remotely. So, but 
to close the game and prepare it for the launch, we needed to be all under the same roof. So it was like a month of party. And uh, it oh. was, I need a little <laughs> bit of break right now, but <laughs> I personally really, really, really into sparkling wines. So I oh, okay. really, really like champenoise. Do you like Francia Corta? What do you think about Francia Corta? We went um, last weekend uh, to Francia Corta. It's interesting because when I was in um, studying in uh, Enologia in Alba um, when I was a teenager, Franciacorta was becoming really big, so we are talking about 2002, 2003, 2005. In the meanwhile, in Langa, they start to produce Alta Langa. It's also sparkling wine. And uh, like every wine that is produced in a near, near Alba, uh, Roero um, or, or Barolo, Barbaresco or, or uh, Asti, so Barbera d'Asti, it's more truthful. To, to the terroir it's stronger has more okay, uh, character it's okay it's, yeah. you think francia corta or the alta lange the alta lange oh, so okay. what i found in in um in francia corta was like a little more how can i say this in the polite way so you don't was need like, to be polite on the show you can go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's uh, not an insult to to the wine because they are making an excellent job but we call it ruffiano it's more someone that maybe it's likable mm -hmm. it's trying to be likable to to the most people i know yeah. exactly what you mean and you know to me i've always loved francia corta i think it's a beautiful wine and mm -hmm. just for those of you listening that don't know francia corta is an area in northern italy um, that they make wines in the champagne method yes. most of the time using uh, champagne grapes pinot noir and chardonnay once in a while mm -hmm. there's something a little bit uh, different and for me they end up always tasting really nice and beautiful but they are you know we're sometimes we're flirting with champagne prices and there's sort of a one or two dimensional character that if you aren't very very into wine you kind of yeah they just kind of are i know what you mean so i i don't it's not remarkable yeah so yeah. they haven't no they, they're good wines but It's not like something... Mind-blowing. Yeah. Except I um, discovered some years ago some uh, little producer that have four hectares, so it's really, really small, that make amazing wine. But it's not the usual Francia Corta that everyone knows, like Cadel Bosco or Contadi di Castaldi mm -hmm. or the big brand's name. So, yeah. Are they doing... Are they making it in a Francia Corta style or are they making a different style like a Petnat or an Ancestral or something like that? No, no, it's Francia Corta way, but it's like uh, uh, you can tell uh, the different vintage. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. beautiful when that can happen. Eve, me being the musician and gamer, I'm always really uh, taken with audio and games, and I know that you um, worked with a handful of composers, and I'm, I'm curious, a, a composing team, really, right, that worked on the audio for the game? Yes. So <laughs> I'm afraid where it is going because I'm <laughs> really music ignorant. So I'm a more ignorant person on the world about music. 
But this is why we decided to um, hire a fun, an amazing team in uh, Germany. Yes. The Tumult Collective are called. They are three really crazy guys. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> we, I love them. They are really, it was amazing. They went so far to go during harvest to a winery and rec- live record the sound of the machinery, the huh. sound of uh, the bubbling wine that is fermenting. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. If you say normally they make an extra mile, they made 100 extra mile for this game. Yeah, the audio is great and the music is really beautiful and really fits the fits the style and everything. Just, I love it. about the levels because I've been at level 15 forever Eve, and I don't know how to get past it so that I can I want to buy a concrete tank with all of my passion and I can't tell me how to buy a concrete I have the money and everything I'm rolling in it I got 42,000 euros man I just want a concrete tank this is the struggle you have here in the in our region and this is really common that you have um you really need to balance the uh, the quantity of hectare you have and the quantity of wine you can produce and your lifestyle or the or or the business because you in america it's what we see as europe it's every, everything is bigger and normal and and you have space so you you have space for for these enormous fields and and so on here we don't have these sites so we need to work with little vineyards so it's common to have like between four and 10 50 hectare small um, producer mm-hmm. and with four hectare if you are also more on the natural side of the or at least organic it's really hard that you make more than ten thousand bottles yeah okay so what you're telling me is i and i thought this because we both looked at each other and I'm like, it wants me to take out a loan. It wants me to get more property, doesn't it? Is that how I have to get to level 16? Yes. <laughs> oh, I knew no. it. I knew it. I was like, okay, all right, we're making the little guy. Because I'm like, I want to I wanna have my work-life balance. See, I'm like coming to this from a wine background. I'm like, I want to have my work-life balance. I want to be out in yeah. the fields. And yes. like, you know, when I go to taste with the wine bar person, I'm like, yes, go hang out with the wine bar person. Like, I got time for all that. And the minute I got to go take out a loan, then I you know, owe the bank stuff, you know? And then I was like, I'm just so hell-bent on not going to the bank. And Emily's like, yes. you're going to have to take out I'm a like, loan. like, we got to take uh-huh. out a loan, man. <laughs> but, but you, Emily, as, as a player, you can say this is normally in the tycoonish game. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I keep trying to tell her because she was like, well, malolactic is bacteria and it shouldn't be with all these yeasts. I'm like, well, but... Yes. It's <laughs> I'm like, but I get that, but like sometimes you don't unlock things after you have to go through this process. It's just been, it's been yeah. really funny to kind of watch her like adjust <laughs> to this. Like it's a simulation. It's like yeah. literally a, it's not real. It's a simulation. <laughs> it's pretty great. And then and then I, you know, when there when there are mites 
you know, and it, so it's like, yes. do you spray for the mites? And I'm like, well, what if I just want to plant some trees so that the mites will go eat the trees? And Emily's like, you can't do that. I'm like, no, no, you can't do it uh, right now. At the beginning, the, the, we want to get, we wanted to, that the player has completely freedom and uh, was not pushed in a direction. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we saw that this approach is not good for the for our business. Okay. Because the gamer or the player that were our first uh, customer don't understand it because it was breaking so many game design rules. That it was too much, so we had to compromise uh, a little bit. Well, and I imagine too, the when the possibilities are endless, doesn't that make for, pardon my language, but like a shit show? Like when you, when you yes. just, yeah. you'd still be designing the game, you know, if you yes. had all these turns and twists. And I imagine, exactly. yeah, you have to draw the line somewhere. Yes, yes, exactly. When you think about, you know, what's coming and you've got all these updates you're going to do, you're going to be adding mm -hmm. grapes, adding regions, like what kind of do you see as your ultimate goal with creating this game? So yeah, the, um, from one side, the goal of the game was to make sales and sustain the company. It was our main goal. It's not romantic, but it's the truth. So sure, sure. We, we always say that. But our romantic goal, this game was also... All the design decision we made comes from an image we have in our head that it's there is a lot of people out there that want to know more about wine. And we say it's for sure happened to you or someone you know that was on a dinner table. They want to know more about wine. And there is someone that knows a lot about wine and maybe is bragging a little bit. And <laughs> the people don't are comfortable or they they don't ask because they think they are making a stupid question and so the wine talking is become a, a sort of elite talking or have, has this perception so what we, we want to achieve with this game is create a game about wine where you can sit in front of your computer on your cell phone in a, in a couple of months when it comes out and really take your time to read, to understand what's going on on the screen, because we eliminate every skill-based design for the game. So there is no you you not need to be fast. You don't need to have accuracy or something like that. Mm -hmm. This is why it's turn-based. Normally, it's the tycoon game are time-based, but we right. we wanted to take out the pressure about the time, so it's turn-based. So you can take as long as you want to open everything, to read everything before you go, you advance in the game a turn and so on. So this is our main goal, to to give a tool to people that want to know more about wine. And maybe they have not the courage to ask at a dinner with friends and family. Yeah. Speaking of pressure, I'm pressure washing my press because it's <laughs> dirty right now. And I did just I did just buy more land. I'm now I'm still I'm not in the hole, but I bought more land. And I'm still at level 15, folks, but I'll get there. 
<laughs> oh, it's been, Eve, I tell you, it's been really fun to watch a non-gamer like try and absorb the complexities of a sim game. <laughs> nice. It's been really fun. Are you gaming right now? What games are you playing? Yeah, this is a difficult question because <laughs> I, I play a lot. Nice. Uh, what I like are... Um, I played a lot of shooters, so I played a lot of PUBG with friends. Okay. This is completely the opposite of, or yes. like now, right now I'm playing Resident Evil 8. So, yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah, on this side of the gaming. What's the lady, the um, lady that everybody's scared of in that game? Yeah, um, there was not scared. It was like it become a, a meme and uh, yeah, right? uh, everyone it was horny about the lady, the <laughs> the enemy of the game. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I can't do scary games, Eve. I get really, really freaked out. Me, so, me neither, but Resident Evil is not scary, it's action. So it's not true. a silent heal or it's it's more that's action true. oriented. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Very true. I love that you have the option for the Alvaisa bottle too, because when it said yep. to bottle the wine, the I, I wondered if that was going to be an option. And so we have ours set up that every year ours looks the same. We just make one wine for now. Um, yes. And let me ask you this, because I'm just forecasting. Am I going to be able to, if I decide to buy some white grapes, am mm-hmm. I going to be able to blend my white grapes with my red grapes and have like a little field blend in a, or is that not going to be a possibility? This is absolutely illegal here. Okay. So we don't put that in the game. Okay. <laughs> because people would think that rosé comes out like that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's true. And that is totally illegal. You're right. Okay. okay. I don't know. I have to study more because maybe I'm sure that somewhere in the world you can do it, but it's absolutely legal here. I think they could do it and they would need to call it like a vino de tavola. You know, they'd have to mm. relegate it to, to that. But I was just curious. Just I'm <laughs> forecasting. I know this game is all about taking your time and just <laughs> plotting and scheming. So is this the game you're going to work on for a while or do you guys have other plans in the works? I know if you do, you probably can't talk about it. But uh, are there other things down the road? We are pretty much open um, on uh, also on what we are working, so the, the, oh, okay. no, no problem. So, uh, yeah, we will work on this game a lot because, yeah. of course, of all the um, expansion and so on. That mm-hmm. We sold, at the moment, 30,000 copies. So we have, at the moment, 30,000 players around the world. The majority is U.S., and we have Germany, and China is the third country. Oh, wow. So... Uh, we need to include as soon as possible expansion for for Germany and also the the Xu uh, Valley in uh, China. So we are uh, studying that too, because of course, uh, if you are a Chinese player, you you would be happy to see your grape and your your region in the game. I can completely understand that. And we we will come out at the end of the summer with mobile on iOS and Android, so iPad, nice. iPhone. And I, I think that will is really important because there are a lot of players right now that a potential player that don't know what its team or have a PC where they play. So mm-hmm. this will be really important. And then we come out on console uh, at the end of the year. So nice. Nintendo Switch, PlayStation. In the meanwhile, we are looking what could be the best game to uh, move on from here. And we have two options at the moment. One is like 
another wholesome game about biomes where you need to make biomes. Have you played uh, Viva Piñata? I haven't, no. It would be like a Viva Piñata with uh, with uh, strange animals, so like puppies that uh, that you are mixed between a zebra and a dolphins and stuff like that. <laughs> nice. So yeah. really cute. Yeah. And, and you have to make the biomes that are um, sustainable. Or Factorio. Have you ever seen the game Factorio, where you have to optimize an AI industry? No, I haven't. Uh. Uh-uh. It's like a game that you are on a planet and you need to extract wood, stone, and other materials, combine them, and sure. make like the industry process to extract them in uh, the most efficient way. Something like that, but with a twist, where like in Wally, the beginning of Wally, the entire earth is covered by garbage, and uh, yeah. you have only one material that is garbage, and you have to take the different material out of the garbage. And this, I would like to make this to teach about the recycling process of the materials. Yeah. That everyone is talking about, but no one knows exactly yeah. what's going on behind the curtains. This was something we are thinking about. But yeah. we need two and a half years to, to make a game like that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it's very time consuming, especially with such a, a small, tight-knit team like that. Yes. And Eve, that makes me wonder, You, when I brought up the music, you're like, I was worried mm-hmm. about that. I'm not the music person. So what would you <laughs> say are your strengths when it comes to game development? I'm really, 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 really good at surrounding myself with good people. So I don't like to micromanage. Me and Elisa, we are surrounded by amazing, talented people, and we let them run free. So in every position, there is a person that can do the job better than I can. (laughs) We are on a point that I started as a programmer, but now it's like, please, Eve, don't touch the code. Go do something (laughs) else. If you have the chance to come over, yes. uh, maybe write me a message and we can arrange like uh, if you want to see some uh, some wineries or just go out for a dinner, just write me and we can organize something here. That would be uh, wonderful. Lange, Lange Piemonte, yes. Piemonte, here we come. Scores and fours vacation <laughs> slash research trip. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we would love it. Well, we really have had a great time playing the game and such a fun combination of the passions that we both have and obviously the passions that you have. So uh, thank you so much for your time today. It was really great speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for bringing me back to video games, Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Thank me later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Scores and Pours with Jill Mott and Emily Reese. For those of you that are patrons of Scores and Pours, we could not do this without you. Thank you so much for being a patron. For those of you listening who decide, oh, I do have a little extra change I could throw your way, please do so. Patreon.com slash Scores and Pours. We have an awesome little system of like tiers where you can choose what level works best for you. In every situation, you get 
patron-only content. We do recipes, food and wine, and you know all the things, music pairings. And if you uh, donate a little more, you even get some free merch. Also, you can find links and information about the episode, the playlist, the wine list, all of those things at patreon.com slash scoresandpours. And we are on Instagram at scoresandpours. That's a great place to get in touch with us, show ideas, tell us how much you love us, follow us. Consider supporting the musicians that we featured by buying their music. Please, please, please buy music. Edited by Emily Reese and Joe Mott. Our producer is Mr. Sam Keenan, also a gamer. Scores and Pours is a production of June Media Inc. Joe. Junie Toonies, little kitty.